This morning is my, my privilege to, to welcome Jimmy as our, as our speaker. Uh, Jimmy can come up. Jimmy's a, a friend and uh, he's one of the elders here at, at Shofar Church. And um, you know, the words that he speaks, you can, you can listen to. He's a real wise guy. He's a, he's a real loyal, loyal guy. That's something that I just want to honor, honor Jimmy for, actually. He's, what you see is what you get. What, he's, what he preaches, he practices. So let's just open our hearts and let's give him a warm welcome. Jimmy, we receive you as a, as a word, brother. Thank you, Stephen. Like Stephen mentioned, um, I'm not the regular pastor. I'd like to put a disclaimer out there in the beginning. If you're a first-time visitor, please come back next week when Andre is back. He's our pastor. He's an anointed man as well. He's a great preacher. So please don't judge Shofar on today only. But it's always a privilege to, to share the message that I believe is right from God for our church this morning. So before I start, I'd just like to pray for us. Father God, we welcome you this morning. We say thank you, Lord, that you are good, that you are for us and not against us, Lord. Thank you that you could just sing a song, Lord, to say that you are greater than all things, Father God. This morning I pray, Lord, that our hearts will be open here, Lord. We will receive your word, Father God, and we will be full of hope and full of faith. And no person here will walk out of the doors unchanged this morning, Lord. We just say, welcome you, Holy Spirit. Have your way this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. So the title of my, my message this morning is, Jesus is greater than our reality. It's quite a big statement, quite a bold statement. But that's what I felt the Lord saying to us this morning, that He is greater than our reality. This morning my prayer is that this will not only be head knowledge, but it will become heart knowledge in all of our lives and will make it part of our lifestyle. But let's first look at the definition of reality according to Wikipedia, which I believe is not the greatest source, but anyway. As, um, reality is the conjectured state of things as they actually exist, rather than as they may appear or might be imagined. It's a state of things as they actually exist. That is, the, that is reality. Now, all of us sitting here this morning and injured, we all face reality every day. We have our own battles, daily battles, daily storms. It could be anything from addictions. It could be depression. It could be financial difficulty. It could be work problems. It could be sickness. It could be losses of loved ones. All of those things are reality. It all forms part of our reality that we face every day. And we've been taught over the years, our mindsets are that, you know, it's reality. Just deal with it. Make peace. Deal with it. That's the reality. This morning I want to bring good news because I do not, I do not believe that is the way that a, a spirit-filled Christian should live life. Just to face reality, make peace with it, move on, take the knock, carry on. Because, why I'm saying this, because when Jesus enters the situation, reality will change. And I'm going to back it up with scripture just now. It's a big statement I know, but luckily this godly the word of God confirms what I'm saying this morning. So, when I was preparing and praying for this message, I was just reminded of this quote. I'm a keen golfer, many of you will know. So I was reminded of this, this quote, an interview with Tiger Woods. Now, Tiger Woods, for those who don't know, which will be shocking if you don't know who Tiger Woods is, but anyway. <laughs> he's one of the greatest golfers in the world from America, makes billions of dollars. Very wealthy, very good player. Was in the news a couple of years ago for the wrong reasons. But anyway, so when, when President Mandela passed away, they asked Tiger Woods, who met him before, what it was like. And this is what he said. The first time I ever met President Mandela was in 98. I went down there to play Sun City, and he invited us to his home. And my father and I went to have lunch with him. It still gives me chills to this day, thinking about it. A gentleman asked us to go into the side room 
over here and President Mandela will join you in a little while. And he walked in the room and my dad and I were, and we walked in the room and my dad and I were just kind of looking around. And I said, Dad, do you feel that? And he says, yeah, I feel, it feels different in this room. And it was, like, it was just like a different energy in the room. We just looked at each other and just shrugged our shoulders and whatever. And maybe, I'm guessing, and probably 30 seconds later, I heard some movement behind me, and it was President Mandela folding up the newspaper. It was pretty amazing. The energy that he has, that he exudes, is unlike any person I've ever met. And it was an honor to meet him at his home, and that's an experience I will never, ever forget. Energy in the room, the presence, and President Madiba was a great man, he's a legend, but he's got nothing on Jesus. So I, I believe this morning when, when we have Jesus with us in our lives and in our room or in our workplace, in our reality, there's something different. His presence is something different that will, will be tangible for your colleagues at work, your, your, your friends, your family. When you're in a room with them and you've got Jesus, they will feel there's something different in this room. Madiba saved this nation perhaps, but Jesus saved the world. This morning I'm bringing good news, I'm bringing hope, because Jesus himself speaks to us in John 14 verse 12. Speaks to the disciples, he says, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these, because I'm going to my Father. So Jesus himself is speaking here, he's speaking the truth as always, he says to us, anyone Let's say anyone. Anyone who has faith in me, in Jesus, will do what I've been doing and even greater things. Let's say greater things. So if you're sitting here this morning and you believe in Jesus, you have faith in Jesus as your Savior, be excited. Hold on to your chair because this is good news coming. Jesus says to us, you will do greater things than what I did. Now I don't have, I don't have enough time this morning to go through all the things Jesus did. We'll be here for weeks. But I'm going to focus on three things he did and I'll make it practical for us to make it a part of our lives this morning and going on. And I'm going to challenge you this morning. If you're sitting and you believe that you are saved, you've got your salvation, because in the Bible it tells us if you receive Jesus into your life as your Savior, you'll be, you are saved and you're going to heaven. If you believe that, which is the truth, you have to believe the Scripture too. You can't just believe part of the Bible. We have to believe the Bible in its, in, in its entireness, the whole Bible, and, and not only bits and pieces. So you cannot sit here this morning and, and not believe that you can do greater things than Jesus himself. So let's, let's look at what Jesus did. Um, the, first, the first scripture I want to read is Matthew 8, verse 23 to 26. Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. So let's break this down a bit. The disciples in a boat with Jesus. Jesus is having a bit of a sleep. Furious storm comes up. Waves crashing into the boat. Winds probably blowing like yesterday. And um, the disciples are freaking out. They're like, Lord, we're going to drown. Wake up. Save us. Because the disciples only see the reality. 
You see the reality of the storm that they are in. They wake Jesus up in a panic. Lord, save us. We are going to drown. Jesus wakes up calm, relaxed. Because he was never surprised by the storm. You see, Jesus is never surprised by anything in our lives that we go through. Our storms that we face, he's never surprised by those things. Because he knows everything. He's God. He's Jesus. He woke up, he rebuked the waves and the wind, and the storm was completely calm. Completely calm. Because that's Jesus. That's the way he operates. Jesus is um, greater than the storm. You know, these fishermen, these disciples, were, some of them were fishermen, experienced fishermen, and they were freaked out with the storm. So it must have been a, a big storm. Yet, Jesus woke up. In the reality of the storm, he says, be calm, and, and the reality had to change because it's Jesus speaking here. So the reality in this case, maybe for some of the maths people here and the teachers, I broke it down and said, the reality in this situation is the storm. It was real. It happened. But then we add Jesus to this equation. Jesus and the reality equals no storm. See, the storm must disappear if Jesus comes into the picture. Because that's Jesus. That's who he is. So what's the outcome? What's the, what's the solution here? What's the answer? It's a, the answer is Jesus is greater than our reality. At all times, he is greater than our reality. Because Jesus is Lord over nature. He created the universe. He's Lord over nature. He's greater than nature. He's greater than storms. And he's also Lord over the storms in our lives. Whatever you may be, may be facing this morning, Jesus is greater than that storm. And I want to share a testimony with you from my own life and my own experience. Being in a storm that I thought I'm drowning and my family is drowning with me, not physically, but in general. Um, and Jesus came through. It was, a, it was about five years ago. Long story. I'm going to make it very short. About five years ago, um, just before we got married, my father lost his job. They had to move down to East London from the Northern Cape via the Free State. Um, and in East London, couldn't find a job. And that was a hard reality to face. Um, look it in the eye and, and, and see that my father is 56 years old. No formal qualification, just work experience. Um, and it's very hard to find a job for a 56-year-old man without any qualifications in a tough economical times five years ago. I tried my best. I looked at the newspaper. I knocked on people's doors for work. I ate humble pie. I did everything to find a job for my dad, and, and we couldn't find anything sustainable. My mom, my mom didn't work. I had my sister with him to, to support, so no job. That was the reality. It was a storm in the midst of the excitement of getting married and honeymoon coming up. I was facing this storm. I said, Lord, where are you? We are drowning. My father loves you. We love you. He needs a job. He needs income. He needs, he needs to support his family. You know, God's faithful. And God was not surprised by the situation. He was not surprised by the storm. Although it felt, like, it felt to me in that stage that I was like the disciples. I only saw the reality. I didn't see the the Jesus, the powerful Jesus that says to us, we'll do greater things than he. And we prayed and we prayed and, and God gave him his old job back in the Northern Cape. which already, was already taken by the time he got to his London, but it opened up again. God opened it up again for him. They moved back to, to Uppington in the region there and they're happy the last five years. It's going well financially. They're surviving. They're doing well. And that's God. You know, he's greater than our reality. The reality of not finding a job back then. God opened the door. He calmed our storm. And he came through for us. And he'll do the same for you. He will do the same for you because he loves you the same. We are his children. No matter the storm, Jesus is greater than the reality. I've got a quote here from Steve Buckland. Buckland. 
And if you've done it before in F1, perhaps you'll remember it. It says, there's never a hopeless situation, only hopeless people. And it's so true this morning that there's never a hopeless situation with Jesus. My father's job situation felt, I felt hopeless. The, the situation was never hopeless because Jesus came through and he gave him a job. But I was hopeless. And we become hopeless in our lives when we face tough times, we face, face difficult times, but there's never a hopeless situation with Jesus. This morning we have to grasp that, we have to claim it and say, Lord, from now on there's no situation that is hopeless with you. Second scripture about what Jesus did. Matthew 9, verse 27 to 30. As Jesus went on from here, from there, sorry, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him, and he asked them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Well, I was blown away with all these, all these realities that I went through in, in Matthew and Mark, Luke. And yes, it's a classic example of God's power. Once again, we look at the, the reality of the situation. It's a blindness. Two men, blind, arrived, come to Jesus for help. They were blind. That's what the Word of God says. They were blind. But then Jesus, you add, it's so beautiful, you add Jesus to this situation. And it must change. The, the answer again comes to no blindness. Healing. Because Jesus is there. The reality was they were blind. Jesus looked at them and said, Do you believe I'm able to do this? Do you believe I'm able to heal you? They said, yes, Lord. And he said, according to your faith, let it be. And they were healed like at that moment. Not saying the way for tests or stuff. They were healed right there. And a question I had to ask myself while preparing this, and I want to ask you this morning is, what, what is our response? What will our response be when we pray for something or someone and Jesus asks you clearly, do you believe that I am able to do this? Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Because he tells us in the first scripture I read that we will do greater things than what he did. He healed the blind. So he tells us we will do greater things than what he did. How many of you have prayed for the blind that I can see? I haven't. I haven't. But I would like to. Because I believe Jesus said I'll do greater things than he did. So why not? Why don't we pray for the sick at work, at, at varsity, at school? Why don't we do this? Because we look at the reality. Take your medication, go see a specialist. It's a reality. But let's bring Jesus into this equation and we say, reality must change. Like the blindness here, gone, sight restored because of Jesus and his power. That's the reality. We mustn't just make peace with the reality. We need to, to change it with Jesus. Because Jesus is also the Lord over sickness. Physical blindness, any sickness, but also he helps the spiritual blind to see. People who do not believe him, people who do not believe in Christianity, do not believe in Jesus. Jesus opens their eyes. At some point in their lives, Jesus will open their eyes so they can see and see the truth. And another testimony I would like to share with you, it's actually on behalf of my wife. Um, it's her testimony that she told me about, that one of her friends at the university in Bloom, in their first year they met, became good friends quickly, 
Um, this girl had a rough background, lost her mom at high school. It was quite a knock for her to deal with. Um, party animal of note, the life of the party. And um, during a coffee with my wife, she actually told Lizelle that you know, she enjoys her friendship and she treasures the friendship, but she must please never speak about religion with her or to her because that will just ruin the, the friendship. Um, she doesn't want to fight about it. She doesn't believe in Jesus. Um, there is a greater power, she believes, but not Jesus and not God. So let's rather not talk about religion. I'm sure some of us know people like that that said, I'm not interested. This girl was spiritually blind, having a time of her life at university, partying, doing what she wants to do. But my wife kept on loving her. And I remember so clearly, I think it was third year, she told me that something about the friendship, the group, and I said to her, but just pray for them. Just, just pray for them. And, and she still told me that this girl will never change to me. I said to her, no, don't, I don't believe that. Because that was the reality for my wife. She felt so intimidated by this girl. or This girl was such a strong opinion about her religion and not believing in Jesus that she made my wife believe that she will never change. That was the reality in the situation. But, once again, our Jesus is greater than reality. He's more powerful than reality. In the fourth year of university, the beginning of the year, this girl met Jesus radically. Jesus came into her life. He healed her broken heart. He healed her hurt from losing her mother. He changed her life. She gave her life to Jesus. She impacted her friends because she's got such a strong opinion and so well respected in the, in the friendship. And she impacted them. And she told my wife, it was so amazing, she told my wife, thank you for not judging me. Thank you for keep on loving, that you kept on loving me throughout this few years of, of university. Thank you for being an example of Jesus. I, I know him now. I've accepted him in my life. What a powerful testimony of, of Jesus coming into the reality of someone who wanted nothing to do with him. But he came into reality. Jesus came. He touched her heart. He healed her heart. And she changed her life. Powerful. We cannot be dictated by our reality, people. We need to know what Jesus can do through us and for us because he loves us. See, Jesus didn't do these miracles to impress us. He didn't need, he didn't need to impress us with miracles and he loves us. He healed these blind men because he loves them. He, he saved my, 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 my wife's friend because he loves her. He wants to do the same for you and for me this morning because he loves us. God is love. He operates from love. Everything he does comes from a place of love in his heart. And this morning he wants to meet us right where we are and change our reality. Because you, need, you see, the, the secret I believe is that we need to know what God can do. We need to know what his ability is. And I'm a practical guy, so I like to make things practical for myself. And I thought about this. I thought to myself, you know what? And I'm so glad the Springboks won last night. So this, this example is actually positive and won't be a negative effect. But in the Springbok team, if the captain knows what his number 10, his kicker can do, and his ability, what his ability is, how far he can kick the ball to the post, if he knows his ability, it will give him a peace of mind to know if we get a penalty on the halfway line or closer, it's more I stay now backing a bit further, but anyway, from the halfway line and closer, it's a given three points on the on the plate. Because he knows his kicker's ability. There's trust because he knows the ability. If he doesn't know the ability, however, he's never seen this guy kick in his life before, get a penalty, he's gonna be in doubt. He's gonna be saying to himself, What do we do here? Do we kick out? Do we go for poles? How far can you kick? I don't know. And that needs to be a trust relationship there because he needs to know his ability. And the same goes with anything else in life. If, if your dad or your brother is a mechanic, a car mechanic, and he can fix any problem with a car, 
and your car breaks down, you know your dad's ability that he can fix a car. You'll take your broken car to your father because he can fix it. You know his ability. If you don't know his ability, you will not take it to him. And this morning my prayer is that that we will realize this morning in our heart that what is Jesus' ability? What can God do? And once we, once we grasp that, I believe things will change in our lives. We will walk through life differently. We will face our storms with boldness and with, with faith and with courage because we know our God, our Jesus that's in us, is greater than any reality. And He can change in the reality. And, and we, we, we as humans, we like in our society, what we do is we um, speak to someone and they mention that they, they want to build on at their house. And you're like, yeah, yeah, wait, I know a good builder. A few of us in our church here, I'll put you in contact, give you his number, give him a call, he builds properly and it's like a good price or whatever else. Or you injure yourself, you say, I know good physios in our church, there's lots of them, give you a card or a number. We like to refer people to our contacts because that's how we operate. But when last did you refer someone to Jesus? When last did we refer someone to Jesus in the midst of a storm at work, the lady is crying her eyes out because of the, the marital problems she's facing at home, whatever the case may be, what do we do? Do we refer them to the healer of all healers, Jesus Christ, who is greater than any reality? Or do we just say, I'm so sorry to hear about it. It's reality, you know, think people go through these things in love. We should not. We should be there to say, hey, wait, I know someone who can help you. Let's start white guard. We watched the video two weeks ago. So encouraged me with his faith and his, his excitement. He says, wait, you know, I'll pray for you because that's what we do. And we need to pray for the people and ask Jesus to come into the reality and to change the reality and get the glory for that. Because that's what he does. He changes our reality from storms to calmness in our lives because he loves us. That's what he, that's what he does. The third and last um, scripture that I want to focus on this morning so when Jesus is in Matthew, sorry, Matthew 14, verse 14 to 17 and 20, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. I'm going to stop right there for now. So let's see what happens here again. Thousands of people are there. Jesus heals the sick because that's what he does. That's how he rolls. Heals the sick. It's getting late. But the disciples, you know, I think, Luckily, Jesus had lots of patience and perseverance, I believe, because the disciples just seen all the miracles that Jesus had performed, seen what he can do. There's, there's 5,000 men and, other, and women and children there. They're hungry and they want to eat. And the disciples, once again, only see the reality. The reality is thousands of people, hungry, it's late, five loaves of bread, two fish. There's no way. These people are going to eat right there. According to them, they see the reality. Their Savior, the King of Kings, are right there, is right there with them. They've seen Him operate, yet they don't believe that He can also just provide for everyone to eat. That's the reality. But then Jesus said, 
bring it. We're going to feed the people today. And verse 20 says, They all ate and were satisfied. Let's say satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12, 12, 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men, besides women and children. 5,000 men, and you know how much men eat. We've been on men's camp before. Plus the women and children. So let's estimate 7,000, 8,000, 10,000 people. That's the reality. Versus five loaves, two fishes. I, don't, I must be honest, I don't know if I would have believed everyone's going to eat, yeah? I know sharing is caring, but I don't know five loaves and two fishes. But that's the reality. But luckily, once again, our Jesus is greater than the reality. And we put Jesus into the equation, and we say, Jesus and the reality of this situation equals everyone satisfied. And because it's Jesus, there's also leftovers. Because that's just how he rolls. If you need something, if you need something, he'll just give you a bit extra. You know? Like a nice tip, because that's his heart. That's his heart for us to, to bless us, to provide for us. That's his heart. Even if you're, if you're sitting here this morning and your reality is a, a negative bank balance, take heart, because Jesus, our Jesus, is greater than that reality. If you have family or friends battling financially, Jesus is our provider. He will come through. He is greater than the reality. If you've lost your job like my father did or someone in your family has lost their job, take heart because Jesus is greater than the reality. He will come through for us because he loves us. That's the reality. He can change it because he's Jesus. Yes, sir, if you can come up to the keyboard along, please. I want to share one more, one more testimony with you. Um, it's close to my heart, this one. It's my, my ex-colleague. Um, at the big auditing firm where I worked in the forensic department. I arrived in East London about nine years ago, uh, joined the forensic team at this firm, and um, I was quite, I, was, I, was, I got a wake-up wake call of the reality of, of things at this company, in this department. The, 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 the office manager, it's about late 40s, and in a casual conversation he told me that he doesn't really believe in in healings and, and miracles and, and, and how God operates. Um, he was, back then he was in a very traditional church. He hardly went to church. If he went to church, he still had a bit of Captain Morgan in him from the previous night. Um, didn't really have a relationship with Jesus. Um, that was the one colleague. My other colleague, we were only three guys. The other colleague um, physically laughed in my face when he heard then. I was 23 years old and I'm still a virgin. He laughed in my face. He said, how can, you, how can you be a virgin? I said to him, well, that's my faith. That's who I want to believe in Jesus. And that's the way I want to live my life. And um, I realized that this, I'm faced with a, a tough, tough reality, a tough battle here at work. Um, one out of three, only one knowing Jesus intimately. I started praying for them and, and, and trying to be an example to them. And slowly but surely, things changed in their lives. Um, today, the manager... He was an associate director at the time and he resigned last year. He's now a full-time missionary um, in, in Mozambique, in Pemba, Iris Ministries. He showers with a, a, liter, a bottle of liter, a liter bot, 
bottle of water, one liter. It's all they've got to shower with, to wash themselves with, with no toilet. They're in Mozambique in the, in the middle of nowhere. And he loved Jesus. He loved Jesus with a passion. Him and his wife are both there. He gave up a big salary at, uh, at the firm. Big salary, associate director. He had everything in life that he wanted. But he didn't have Jesus until he met Jesus. Today he's a full-time servant of the Lord in a foreign country, away from his family and his friends. And um, I was privileged enough to attend the service, his church service, where he actually, before they left in June, he shared with, with the congregation what they're going to do in Mozambique and how they got there and, and all of that. And in his, in his testimony, in his story, about halfway through, he started crying. This 54-year-old man, start standing in front of the church, crying like a little boy, like uncontrollably. And, he, and then he said, he said, he's so thankful to God that he sent a young man to his office eight, nine years ago to show him Jesus. And I was humbled, man. I was sitting there crying with him because I never planned to change him. You know, I faced this reality and I just knew my Jesus loves this man and he wants to change him and he will change him. And he did. The other colleague preaches in his church in Tanzania and wherever he goes, he preaches the word of God. He loves Jesus as well. And it's not about me. It's about Jesus. It's about God bigger than the reality of this storm that I faced back then because his heart is for us never against us and Tina's had everything my colleague had everything financially he was well known he was well liked but nothing can fulfill you like Jesus and today he's a happy man you meet him I saw him a few weeks ago when he was back for a break he's happy with a bare minimum physically financially because he has Jesus. This man who did not believe in healings eight years ago phoned me not long ago, excited because he prayed for someone deaf and God opened their ears. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. He's bigger than the reality. And I'm so encouraged by that because that's our purpose on earth. We need to show Jesus to the world. We need to show that our God is greater than all things. Any situation any reality you are facing, sicknesses, whatever it might be, God is greater. And we need to trust Him with all our heart. That's what He wants from us. It's just faith in Him. The first scripture I read says, those who believe and have faith in me can do greater things than what I did. Let's just stand together, please.